Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell-Clater. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today we are speaking with Scott Oaken, whose official title, get ready, is Political Affairs Ambassador for the Borgen Project. That is quite a mouthful. It is. That's a lot going on there for a young man, Scott. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you for joining us. Full disclosure, we do want to um, say that you were in the Rhinebeck Interact Club. Is that correct? Which is yeah, that's go yeah, ahead. That's correct. Um, I grew up in Rhinebeck. I was um, I've been there for most of my life. I graduated from Rhinebeck High School. I was involved in the Interact Club, and um, with they had very close ties to the local Rotary Club there. So, Rotary has been a big part of my upbringing. That's for sure. Well, the reason why I bring it up is because usually when I do the intro and introduce our guests. I like to say if they're a fellow Rotarian or not. And actually, officially, you are because you were in Interact. So I just wanted to, to make that point, Jonah. Yes, and uh, Interact, of course, is uh, Rotary's high school service club. And uh, there's a lot of them throughout the uh, Hudson Valley, and they're all doing terrific work. So, Scott, what exactly is the Borgen Project? So the Borgen Project is an innovative nonprofit group that works that works nationwide to um, to support legislation that um, reduces global poverty. So the way we operate is we, first of all, like I said, we're an advocacy group. So we go all around the country. We operate in 931 cities nationwide, um, just spreading the word about global poverty issues and different legislation that's going through Congress that's um, looking to mitigate those issues. And then a big part of what we do and political affairs ambassadors such as me, we schedule meetings with local officials um, in senators' office and house offices to actually sit down with um, legislative staff and and potentially um, leaders themselves to to um, pitch these bills to them and ask for their co-sponsorships. And Scott, do you do this on the local level, the federal level, or both? We work on the federal level because um, obviously the, um, the pockets in the federal level are the biggest and they have the potential to make the biggest impact when it comes to reducing poverty around the world. You know, a lot of people who you know, are fortunate to have a, a middle-class or upper-middle-class existence and listen to us, don't realize the scope of poverty around the world, the number of children who go to bed hungry. Do you have uh, numbers or, or a percentage of people that uh, your organization, the Borgen Project, thinks are in uh, the classification of impoverished? Yeah, so 736 million people live in extreme poverty right let's, now. Let's not jump over that. Say that number again. 736 million people. Wow, that's amazing. That's frightening, and, you know, actually. Yeah, and actually the most interesting thing of that is that they, a lot of them, or half of them almost, 368 millions are located in just five countries. That's India, Nigeria, the Congo, Ethiopia, and Bangladesh. So, you know, when, when there's such concentrations of, of poverty like that, it actually makes the the task a little bit easier because you can really focus in your efforts on specific locations and really make a difference very quickly. Now, you mentioned uh, India and Bangladesh. Um, what about the United States? Do we have a, a lot of people who are impoverished in the United States? Well, yes, we do have a lot of people impoverished in the United States as well. You know, I mean, I think it's 50% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck as well. 
Yeah. So it's definitely a major issue domestically as well. So when you uh, talk to, uh, you know, the politicians uh, on the federal level, are you asking them to increase uh, things like uh, food stamps, uh, which has a different name now and I forgot what it was, uh, for uh, locals and also foreign aid for uh, those in the other countries you spoke about? So we focus exclusively on foreign policy, but I, I like to make the point to people that foreign aid and domestic aid are not mutually exclusive. So when you increase the the revenue and a bolster up economies of foreign nations, they're off they're they're the emerging markets for U.S. products. So oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so so you know if you think about it, right? If you have countries that are are middle class and stuff like that, like developing countries that go from poor to middle class, they can now afford some products that the United States makes. You know, they're not they're not buying iPhones yet, but they're still going to import. They're going to be able to import more food goods. They're going to be able to um. You know, we have a lot of companies that live in those places like um, that exist in those places like food chains and that kind of thing. And it's U.S. products that get shipped to those food chains to sell in those in those developing nations. You know, McDonald's and Pizza Hut and whatever you have you, they they use U.S. products most of the time to create their food. So as those companies advance and go into those new areas, it creates opportunity for local and state economies as well. So oh, it's a actually, bit of a, yeah, go ahead. So it's a bit of enlightened yeah. self-interest. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it's, it's, of course, there's humanitarian reasons to, to increase foreign aid and to help these countries. Of course, everyone's human and we want to help people the most we can, but there is, there is benefit for people living in the United States as well. So what got you interested in this kind of work? Because uh, I'm going to reveal to the audience that you're quite a young man. You're 20 years old, correct? <laughs> that is this true. This is quite an accomplishment for a young man. What got you interested in this kind of work? So it's actually um, my time in the Interact Club that made me interested in this kind of work, particularly the fact that our local Rotary chapter um, works with our Interact Club to do a yearly a yearly um, service trip to Nicaragua where we, we um, assist on building a school. We assisted on building a school building. Right. They do all sorts of projects each year that they go. And um, I went in uh, summer or spring of 2016. And, um, you know, all you have to do is take a look around and you can see the disastrous effects of, of poverty that it has on these people's lives. And just seeing that, I stayed with a family in Nicaragua, experienced how, what they experience on a daily basis, just driving around. And it, it really clicked with me that this is an important issue on a human level and on a global level as well. Now, the name Borgen Project uh, sounds like something out of an old science fiction movie, you know, the Borgen Project, you know, yeah. invaders from Mars. Uh, what, is there, was there a Mr. or Miss Borgen? Or, uh, why so, is it named so our, that? Our founder's name is Clint Borgen. He started the project in 2003. Um, so he started off as a, as, a, as a volunteer in the Cassava War in 99 and just like similar to how I just looked around and saw how terrible poverty can impact people's lives. He had the inspiration from then to, to start the project. He went back to school. He went to school at George Washington, and then he eventually um, got the uh, project started. And we're going to find out more about the Borgen Project from our great guest, Scott Oaken, in just a moment. But Sarah O'Connell-Clater, who keeps us fed by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? 
Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank and Riverside Bank, Absolute Auction and Realty, Third Eye Associates, Patterson Auto Body, and the featured clubs of Brewster Carmel, Clarkstown, Goshen Highland, Kingston, Liberty Millbrook, Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, New City, and Rhinebeck, New York. Rhinebeck? All righty. And we're back with more Radio Rotary right after these important messages. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AAR Auctions. Tell your friends about us and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. There is always a reason to live. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA of Dutchess County and the Mark Agency. Suicide impacts tens of thousands of people each year and is often the result of untreated depression. Do not let the stigma keep you from talking to your doctor. The Claudio Cares Foundation and MHA want everyone struggling with depression to know that we all have a reason to live. Don't be a statistic and don't leave your loved ones wondering what they should have or could have done. What is your reason to live? Call MHA at 473-2500. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. At Patterson Auto Body, they know that a new car has more than 15 onboard computers operating everything from the engine to the radio. So technicians not only need to know about automotive repair, but electronics, physics, and chemistry too. The specialized education needed to become an automotive service technician today is equivalent to several master's degrees. Patterson Auto Body is very proud of their automotive technicians. Experience is a wonderful thing. Call 845-878-3456 for a service appointment today. That's 845-878-3456. Somewhere in the United States, a troubled teenage boy decides he's better off staying in school. Somewhere in India, a child is immunized against polio. Because somewhere a local Rotary Club has become involved. Whether it's funding scholarships, creating neighborhood centers, or ridding the world of one of its most horrible diseases, Rotary members believe anything is possible. Rotary. Humanity in motion. Visit rotary.org. Celebrating 100 years of helping others. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell-Clater, and I want to welcome back all of our loyal listeners to this segment of Radio Rotary. I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Treadwasser, by the magic of Zoom. The magic of Zoom. And we're so excited because we're talking to a young man, Scott Oaken, um, and I'll give you his official title. Uh, political affairs ambassador for the Borgen uh, project and we we want to go over again exactly what the Borgen project is do a little bit of recap right Jonah absolutely so Scott just joined us because it's it's new to us and um, 
a little bit about Scott. He grew up in Rhinebeck and he was an interactor, um, which yeah. is the high school level of Rotarian. So we really consider him a fellow Rotarian. Absolutely. He's part of the family. So Scott, welcome to uh, segment two of Radio Rotary. And for those who may have joined us, remind us, what is the Borgen Project? Sure. So the Borgen Project is it's an innovative nonprofit that operates nationwide to advocate for and lobby congressional officials in support of legislation which reduces um, global poverty. And as a uh, political affairs ambassador, uh, first of all, do you get like a sash like the ambassadors do with medals and stuff? <laughs> Not quite. But what like you... wardrobe. If there's wardrobe <laughs> and props, he's in. So the what, fancy what exactly title is recognition enough? What exactly do you do? So um, I do a couple of things. First of all, one of my main tasks is to mobilize people in, in the community. So one of the um, major things that we like to tell people is that just simply emailing Congress is a huge factor in getting them to co-sponsor legislation. Um, is that really true? It is true, actually. They keep records of um, all the emails that they receive and phone calls, especially too, are great. It can only take, sometimes it only takes seven to 10 phone calls on one bill to really bring it to the attention of the, of the, but does somebody officer. actually answer the phone call? Um, it, it's yes and no, it goes back and forth, but you can always leave a message if it's after hours, okay. which especially, is my experience. Yeah. And especially yeah. now it's, it's seeming that there aren't too many people in the offices given COVID-19 that of a lot course. of, a of lot course. of the offices just um, aren't fully open yet. But um, it, every once in a while you do, especially with um, my representative and I think our representative Delgado's office tends to, to always have someone there answering the phones during um, regular business hours. Okay. And we also, uh, because we, you, to, you told us this, you came clean off mic, but you are a political science major. Yeah, that is true. I'm going to be, I'm a rising junior right now in New York University studying political science. Very That's good. Wonderful. All right. The name is Scott Oaken. Remember, folks, you heard it here first when he makes it in the big time. That's so right. Scott. We were his first interview, his <laughs> first right. media op. How about that? Um, Scott, let's let's talk about how COVID-19 has affected your work. Uh, you know, you're advocating uh, to eliminate poverty around the world, something that's very close to the hearts of all Rotarians. But, you know, we're doing this from our homes on Zoom. Uh, a lot of Rotary Clubs are meeting on Zoom, mine included. How has COVID-19, the pandemic, affected your work? So it's it, it's affected in a lot of major ways. First off, it, it does make um, some advocacy efforts a little more difficult. The, um, the networking events aren't necessarily aren't necessarily there. Um, a lot of what we do is also we do what's called bird dogging. So when you go to a town hall that a representative or a senator is holding, and you go and you ask questions publicly to make to bring these issues to light, you know almost force their hand a little bit and make them address whatever issue you're talking about. That's not necessarily possible. They're doing telephone town halls and that kind of thing, but you don't okay. always get your questions answered. So that's, that's a little bit more difficult, but it also, it also gives us a bit more, um, it, it, it brings about important work that we still need to do. Um, COVID-19 has been devastating, not just in the United States, but it's been devastating abroad as well. And one of the, um, one of the major major legislative actions that we've been calling for is um, to ask for increases to the international affairs budget. Uh, no. Okay, so, so there are people like you all over the globe then. Yeah, 
That's okay, correct. Okay, so it's, it's, it's simpatico with, with Rotary. I mean, you can reach out yeah. to somebody in other countries, partnership. And when you say bird dogging, then that's when people connect. You connect with somebody, you... Well, no, bird dogging is when we go and we, um, we try to... We try to get um, congressional members to answer questions regarding global oh. poverty issues and bring it okay. to light in public. So they have to answer the questions and then they have to bring those issues to light. Gotcha. To, I, yeah. I didn't understand that. Thank you for explaining it. No problem. So how, Scott, how many uh, people like you are working around the world to end poverty? Um, like I said, we have thousands of thousands of people just like me all around the country. Wow. We, uh, we operate in 931 cities nationwide. Now, you said, uh, you know, COVID-19, the pandemic has not only created terrible problems here in the United States, but around the world. What kind of problems are you speaking of? I mean, I know unemployment is very bad here, but uh, there has been unemployment insurance. And as we're recording this, they're talking about extending certain unemployment insurances. What have you seen in your work as uh, an ambassador for the Borgen Project about world poverty and how it's affected by COVID-19? So, what the biggest, obviously, as you mentioned, the biggest impacts in domestically and abroad have been economic. Um, a lot of developing nations that that were up and coming and starting to do, starting to grow and see economic development have have been stifled by COVID nineteen. Um, especially, especially Africa is a great example. Africa carries twenty three percent of the global disease burden, but only accounts for one percent of global health expenditures. So. That means that they're underfunded. They don't have the medical technology or supplies to fully manage the COVID-19 outbreak. And not only that, they're also devastated by malaria, HIV, TB, and many other diseases that um, that they face every day. So it's it's just it's another it's a, it's another burden that the African continent is faced with. And even um, India and other nations too have been seeing have been seeing disastrous effects. And for example, South Sudan only has four, four ventilators and 24 ICU beds in the entire country with a population of 12 wow. million people. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's frightening, actually. So it's, it's, it's made bad situations worse. Is that fair to say? For sure. Scott Oaken of uh, the Morgan Project is our guest on Radio Rotary, and we're talking about how he and his colleagues are advocating to um, get rid of poverty around the world. Um, Scott, how successful has your organization been? I mean, it seems like an awfully big project. So we've seen a lot of successes over the years, especially in the last few congressional terms. Um, like I said, our organization is focused on the passage of legislation. So um, year to date this year, we've had over, we've had 788 lobbying meetings. That's when we sit down with staffers in congressional offices, pitch our bills, the ones that are our priorities. Um, in 2018, we had the Build Act um, get passed, which is for which basically increases oversight for how USAID spends money. Uh, we had a PEPFAR extension, which um, I don't know if you're familiar, was the uh, very successful AIDS-reducing project um, created by George W. Bush. We got that extended in 2018. And we're going to find out more about all the great successes of the Borgen Project from our great guest, Scott Oaken, right after these messages. So stay tuned. There is no health without mental health. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA and the Mark Agency. I hope you're all having a wonderful summer. I'm sorry that it's uh, a little different now with our masks and our social distancing, but that's the way life is at this moment in time and we can all adjust because that's what we do, we adjust. 
and I'm here to tell you that MHA of Dutchess County is here to help you if you're struggling with that adjustment. You can call us at 473-2500, that's 473-2500, or look us up on the web at mhaduchess.org, mhaduchess.org. We are all in this together, so I wish you all the greatest summer, and we hope to see you soon. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Beth Jones of Third Eye Associates Limited, providing life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. We are a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Red Hook, New York. Contact us to see how you can put Third Eye to work for you. ThirdEyeAssociates.com or call us at 845-752-2216. Possibilities are all around us. We see potential in unexpected places. And when we share our knowledge, vision, and connections We turn great ideas into action. Together, we can make real change happen. We're Rotary. We are people of action. Get involved today at rotary.org slash action. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell Clater. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Radio Rotary. I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser, by the magic of Zoom, of course, but that's not the only person here. We have Scott Oakham, who is the political affairs ambassador from the Borgen Project. And this has been a fascinating interview. Absolutely. Um, we're going to re-listen to this and we're going to have Scott back for updates. I'm just I'm just blown away by you, Scott. You're 20 years old, political science uh, major at NYU, and you're deep, deep up to your neck with the Borgen Project. Let's refresh, and for our listeners who've just joined us, tell us exactly what the project does. What's the mission? Sure. The Borgen Project is um, it's a national grassroots campaign. It's an advocacy organization that focuses on getting legislation passed that reduces global poverty. Uh, we do that by mobilizing constituents in different congressional districts and also lobbying with congressional um, officials directly through staffer meetings and direct meetings with the legislators themselves. Now, Scott, I'm sure people who are listening uh, are intrigued by the Borgen Project and probably would like to know more information uh, than we can put on just a half an hour on the radio. Do you have a website? Yeah, so it's www.borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. And folks at home, get a pencil and paper because we'll have our great guest, Scott Oaken, uh, repeat that before the end of the program. And Scott, you made the point in the last segment that by calling, emailing, 
reach out and contacting your government officials, the people that we vote for and send to Congress, that that can make the, a big difference. So explain that again, because I, I, I mean, I'm old. I've been voting a long time. I'm I've been, older. I, yes, you are. And and you said that it, it can be a handful of, of people raising their voice that can make a difference. Talk, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So one thing to note is that generally speaking, constituents aren't making those phone calls. They aren't really making too many phone calls or emails to their representatives. So the ones that they do get actually have more weight than you would think. Um, if they're only getting, you know, 25 emails a week and seven or 10 of them are for the girls lead act in particular, they're going to make the assumption that that's something that their community is really looking for, something that they are really asking for the support of their leader for. A hot and, topic, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And right. with that, all hot topics in politics have electoral and in implications to them. And that's, that's really the job, you know, they want to make sure that they keep it. So ultimately those emails do go a long way because it can, it can incentivize them to, to make those co-sponsorships, to make that, um, make that assertion that they support a certain bill. Gotcha. You know, Scott, you're too young to be so cynical, but of I, course, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, it's enlightened self-interest on the politician's part that if they hear from the public, they want to give the public what they want. Um, okay. I, I knew a, a, I was visiting a congressman who's now retired uh, down in Washington, D.C., and uh, I was a little early for the appointment, and uh, he comes in and says, oh, hi, good to see you, and uh, give me one second. He turns to the secretary and says, uh, what have we heard? And she tells him a whole list of emails on which mm -hmm. topics and how many this way and how many that way. So it was the first thing he did when he stopped in. He didn't even yep. take his coat off yet. So you're quite right, Scott. So the, yeah. Borgen, the Borgen Project, uh, do you know how it got started? Um, sure. It got started um, in 2003 by our founder, Clint Borgen. So in 1999, he was um, a volunteer in the Cassava War and just saw the, the great impacts of, of poverty in the area and how devastating it was for those people and was just inspired to, to start working and making a difference. So he comes back to the United States. He graduates from George Washington University and he takes a job in the, in the Dutch Harbor of Alaska where the deadly catch was actually filmed. And he, he was living on a fishing boat to save up money to fly on the project. And then, like I said, in 2003, he managed to get it off the ground, originally just starting by himself and over time, um, creating a huge movement nationwide. Now, you said the Kasaga War? Uh, that's Kasaga not War. I'm not familiar with that. What is that? It was a, it was a war that was fought in, the, um, I believe, it, in Kasavo is um, Eastern Europe. Oh, all right. Oh, Kosovo. Kosovo, excuse Kosovo. me. Kosovo, all right. Yeah, Kosovo. okay. That's it, but that, your pronunciation is as good as any. All right. <laughs> Kosovo, yeah, yeah. We, we do remember that. Well, it's, it's nice that uh, someone with vision turned something that was – uh, unfortunate and tragic into something that was positive. And, um, well, Scott, you're, you're very active in a very big organization at the age of 20. You're getting a degree in political science from one of from our- From a fabulous premier, university. One of our premier Thank universities, you. New York University. Uh, what are your plans for the future? Have you given any thought um, to that? Um, here and there, yes. Um, I, I do love this grassroots advocacy work. I'm also very fascinated in um, campaigning. So it's, I, I'm still kind of figuring out where my interests lie for now. And um, 
again, this, this is actually my first, um, real no uh head first dive into advocacy and grassroots mm-hmm. campaigning and that kind of stuff and um i've i've grown to be very passionate about it so it's something that i'm definitely considering making a career out of now does the Borgen project need volunteers i mean uh if somebody's listening and says gee i want to help this young man bring world peace do you have room for volunteers Yes, we always have room for volunteers. We have, um, especially for college students and maybe high school seniors, we have interning opportunities available. All of that is on our website. And you can also figure out, even if you're not going to volunteer directly with the project, there's tons and tons of ways that you can help support the cause. And it's all right on the website. And um, just to shout out the emailing once again, we have an we have a page on the website that makes it incredibly, incredibly easy to email your representatives. All you do is select an issue that you're most interested in. It actually puts the email up for you. You type in your zip code. It shows you who your reps are and you just click send and it goes straight to the straight to their offices. So they streamline the process. And um, like I said, there's tons and tons of ways that you can help. Give us that website one more time. Sure, it's www.borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. Scott Oaken of the Borgen Project. Uh, thank you so much for everything you do for World Peace, and thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. It's our pleasure, and we, we look forward to great things from you in the future. And Sarah O'Connell Clater, who uh, do we look forward to sponsoring us this week on Radio Rotary? Well, before I get to that, yes, I'm looking forward to, Scott, when you graduate from NYU in political science, that you find a Rotary Club and you become a Rotarian. Absolutely. Good idea. All righty. So who sponsors Radio Rotary this week? Radio Rotary is sponsored by Mental Health America of Dutchess County, Mark, Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community, Norman Staffing, and by the featured Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Ramapo Valley, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffren, Walkitley's, Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Clater, our producer, to Kathy Kruger and the technical staff, the Wizards of the Buttons, Randy Turner and Steve Frankenberry. This is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, radiorotary.org. 